as we continue with our series on the Lord's Prayer, we're making a shift. We, we have been studying, I need my notes, <clears throat> through our prayer of thy name and thy kingdom come and thy will be done. We move from your or thy to us, where we're, we're praying for us and for one another. When we say, now give us, forgive us, and lead us. So we are shifting with the foundation being God is sovereign, God is holy, his name is to be hallowed, into how we are also being taught to, to pray our, our utter desires, the desires of our heart to God and to pray with one another. This continues the pattern of divine revelation from heaven to down to earth. Now, I'm, I'm struggling here because I'm, I think I'm supposed to put my notes away, but I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I know the Holy Spirit will guide me. So, um, bread, give us this day our daily bread. Bread is a powerful symbol especially in the Old Testament. If you remember in Exodus 16, we hear the, the, the story of the Israelites. They've been um, released from slavery in Egypt. They're in the wilderness. And they get to the place in the wilderness where uh, they feel like it was better where it used to be. And they begin to complain and say, Hey, God, why did you bring us out here? Moses, what'd you do following, following God's order here? Because we ate a lot better in Egypt. We had good food. Even though we were slaves, we had it good. And God, God heard their complaints. And God said, Tell the people that I will feed them bread from heaven. And you may remember the story that when the dew fell and it kind of evaporated, there were these little flakes of, of white stuff that were sweet like honey. And that was called manna. Manna means what is it? Because they had no clue what it was. But God provided food from heaven for them. Some of them really complained. Some of them got really tired of it. God said, just take enough for yourself. Take it each day. I will provide for you enough for the day. Some people became very greedy and wanted to take more than their share. And scripture tells us that then that food rotted when they were not obedient to what God had for them. But day by day by day, God provided for them, manna and quail. Now, there are some things that you need to know. This is a powerful example of this. Wilderness became a place of abundance. The wilderness for God's people became a place of abundance. Secondly, God intended to provide for their every need. Their every need. The Israelites had distorted and, and, and distracted short memories. They wanted to go back to where they were, but God provided a daily miracle, but also a daily test. Is anybody in the wilderness right now? Hmm. Each was told to gather as much as they needed, about two quarts a day of this flaky stuff, and you remember what scripture says? They ate manna for 40 years. 
day by day by day. God giving them what they needed. Give us this day our daily bread teaches us to go to God in a spirit of humble dependence. Humble dependence, earnestly asking him for the needs and the necessities of life. What do you need today? What is God saying, just ask me, pour your heart out to me? And this isn't just about praying for food, which is important, but the physical, material, and spiritual provisions. I need to remind you that God's not a Santa Claus God. God's not a vending machine God. But like the Israelites, he intends to provide for our every need. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, but I have to remind you that our needs are very different from our wants. God intends to provide for our every need. I know planning ahead is important, but this reminds us to focus on today. Not to take the blessings, not to take the challenges for granted. Um, Let me see, I just need to skip ahead. There are two things that we need. Give us this daily bread. Humble dependence and utter trust and faith. Give us this day our daily bread is more than just a prayer request. It's a way to look at our lives Some of you know that I'm just going to call out Robin Christie because every time I I pray, give us this day our daily bread, I think about them. Because shortly after Rob was, was diagnosed with glioblastoma, he gave witness to this, that I am going to live fully. I am going to live each day to the fullest. And that's an example for us because we are called to do the same. Life is fragile, and it, you think it's cliche, but we are not guaranteed this afternoon or tomorrow. Instead, we're so busy thinking ahead with our pension plans and our stock options and what we're going to do, which college we're going to go to, or, or what, where, how, when and how we're going to retire, and what we're going to live like when we do retire, and we skip the meaning of today. I believe God is calling us to to step back a bit and to to get our priorities straight, to worship him in spirit and in truth, and to be fully engaged in relationships, and that starts with our family. Some of us are so busy working that we don't have a relationship with our families. Some of us are so busy working it up the career ladder that we don't have a relationship with anybody else. Some of us are so uh, concerned about graduation day that we're forgetting about what God wants us to do in the moment. Jesus said in Matthew 6, don't worry about your life. Hmm, what you'll eat or drink, or don't worry about your body, what you will wear. He says, life is more important than clothes. And he says this, don't worry because your heavenly Father knows your needs. He will meet our needs. Seek first the kingdom and his 
righteousness. His identity, his righteousness is ours through Jesus Christ our Lord. Are we fully claiming it in our lives? Are we trying to to get ahead? Are we trying to climb up the ladder? Are we trying to do things our way? Are we getting so caught up in, in all of the isms, especially materialism, that we have taken our focus away from Jesus Christ? How is God calling you? How I've been convicted this week as I, as I prepared. How is God calling me to live a genuine life that follows Christ? How is God calling us to be set apart to take a stand, to love one another. It's that whole justice we sang about, embracing the law of love that is ours through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I want to tell you, we've got to live in, first of all, gratitude. We just take our lives here in the United States of America for granted. Everything we have comes from God. There are friends of mine that before they get out of bed every morning, thank you, Jesus, for waking me up. We take this day for granted. How can you best live a life of gratitude? Even the very breath that we breathe is a gift from God. We've got to step it back and, and be thankful. Be a thankful people Live life to the fullest each day. Don't take life and health and family blessings for granted. Now, some of you are looking like, yeah, I know that. Well, yeah, but then you and I need to live it. We need to be grateful. Secondly, let's live a life of contentment. Most of us are looking at others, looking at other situations, looking at, oh, I wish, just like the Israelites in e- coming out of Egypt, they were looking back at Egypt thinking, oh, that's what I want. It was so much better then. Can you be content in who you are in Jesus Christ right now? One of the scholars I was reading said, Jesus tells us to, to pray for daily bread, not for chocolate cake. And I thought, okay, for a while it took me, you know, I had to roll that around a while. But it's like be content with what you have. Don't expect all of the big stuff all of the time. Pray for our needs and pray not out of greed. Boy, that hit me between the eyes. Proverbs 30. Go to Proverbs 30, starting with the seventh verse. Two things I ask of you, O Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Proverbs 30. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you. And I will say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of God. I heard myself in that. Because verse 8 says, otherwise I may have too much and disown you. I believe that all of us are guilty because we come to expect the blessings and the provisions of God. 
And then when we have what we want or when we are in a green pasture season of life, we take our eyes off Jesus because then we don't think we have to depend on him. And we are called to be in humble dependence upon him. Live a life of gratitude. Be content even in the wilderness. The wilderness for the Israelites, and I believe often for us, is a place of bountiful provision. Can you get your heart around that? Perhaps the season you're in is a place, a time of bountiful provision. Perhaps things are being torn away from you. And perhaps the desires of your earthly heart are not being met. But could it be that this is a season where God says, rely fully on me? Could it be that God is saying, keep your eyes on me? I got you. Maybe our prayer needs to be, oh God, give me what you think is enough. Whew. Give me what you think is enough. And then, <clears throat> I believe that we are called to live a life of confidence. Believing, believing that God will provide on a day-to-day -day basis. It's a moment-to-moment -moment dependence. This is not really in our mindset. As I had said earlier, we're thinking about stocks and bonds and retirements. We're thinking about uh, graduation and college and career. We're thinking about the five to ten year plan. We want God to give us the big picture and then we'll be okay. And God says, uh-uh. I know what's best for you. I will give you light enough for the next step. Trust me. Have faith in me. You know, I, I really appreciate the folks who are part of a 12-step program because it is a day-by-day -day existence. We should all be living that way. Give me enough provision for today. Let me be in relationship with you today. Show me the people that you want me to, to speak to, to minister today. Help me to hear from you today. Let me be in your will today. And then finally, I believe we have to live a life of generosity. <laughs> it's here somewhere. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, it's not just for us. We are praying for brothers and sisters around the world. If we are praying, give us this day our daily bread, and we're thinking about ourselves, then that is not according to how Jesus taught. When we pray, give us our daily bread, then we are supposed to be mindful of all of those around us. There is a vastness, there is a broadness to this prayer. It is what we have is not simply to be used for ourselves. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we pray with eyes to see the needy, to see the broken, to see the pain, those in pain, to see the suffering, and then to do something about it. If this is just all about me, give me this day my daily bread, then I'm not living according to how Jesus is calling me to live. 
see the world as God sees. So for me, that means when I pray that phrase of the prayer, I'm thinking about Marcy in Kenya, the girl that I met who had black tea in that bowl by the fire, that for three days, the black tea was her meal. When I pray that prayer, I'm thinking about the homeless guy that lives in the park across the street. When I pray that prayer, I think of the many that I know of that live on the tracks, just a block from here or two blocks. When I pray that phrase, I also include the family that I know who's sleeping in their car because they don't have a roof to sleep under. And I think about the single mom who is working three jobs just so that her kids have something to eat. We're called to be the body of Jesus Christ. Give us this day our daily bread. Gratitude, contentment, confidence, generosity. Uh, I know it's been very clear where the Holy Spirit is is pushing me to grow. Where is he calling you to grow? Let's go to John 6, our scripture for today. John 6, because this will tie it all together, because our life is based upon our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the foundation. John 6, Oh, this had happened, um, they fed the 5,000, uh, Jesus had, had been walking on the water, and crowds were following him, not because they wanted what he had spiritually, but they were greedy and wanted what he had to eat, all right? So this is where we pick up. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Basically, they said, we're looking for you, we've been trying to find you. And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you're not looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval, then they asked him, well, what must we do to, the, to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, well, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe in you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. It is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, sir, always give us this bread. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now I'm going to skip ahead to the end. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Jesus, 
the true bread of life? Where are you in your relationship with him? Is he your priority? Is he guiding you and directing your every step? We all have room to grow. He is the bread of life. I want to tell you a story I came across after the Korean War, there were so many orphans in an orphanage. And the story is that at night they became so anxious and so restless. Even though they were getting three meals a day, they were so full of anxiety. They were fearful that they would not get food for the next day. And there's a story about a, a nurse who decided to put a piece of bread in each of their hands, not so that they could eat it, but so that they could tangibly hold on to that piece of bread as a reminder to them that they would be provided for. And when they each had that piece of bread in their hand, each one of them could sleep peacefully. What a beautiful image. Jesus is our bread of life. I know I need to be hanging on tightly to the bread of life, to Jesus. Are you needing something from him today? Let, I'll call the band up so they can get ready. I, I know that some of you are anxious. Some of you are restless. Some of you are in the place where you don't feel like you are being provided for. And I have a sense that Jesus is saying to you, hold on to me. I am the bread of life. God is saying to you, I will provide exactly what you need. Now, you might not get what you want, but I will provide all that you need. What is it today that you're carrying what is it today that is a burden, a challenge, some season in your life perhaps that you need to say, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I want to hold on to you, the bread of life.